All right, we are back with episode number four. Uh, we have a Q&A episode coming up today. Um, I had some people that had reached out and had some questions around nutrition, um, around fitness, around just health in general. So I thought I'd get on here and make a little Q&A episode, answer some of those questions. And uh, the nice thing about these is you can get into a little bit more specifics, which is helpful for people because you get a little bit more context and what they're looking for in their situation. We'll get into these. So there's six questions that I'm going to go through today. Some of the things I'm going to talk about is getting your first pull up, some ways that you can avoid getting bored with healthy eating. That seems to be an issue with a lot of people. A couple of stories about my own personal journey and some of my own views, ways that you can measure progress besides the scale, and then just a couple other things. So we'll get rocking here on question number one. So this one was, do you feel like you have different views on fitness because you've been overweight? I would definitely say yes. Uh, as most of you guys know, I was pretty much overweight most of my life until up about the age of 23, 24. Um, and then I don't feel like I really got health and fitness kind of nailed down and figured out until probably in the last two to three years. So been overweight or dealt with being overweight most of my life. And uh, I think, you know, everybody has their own personal journey and things that they've gone through and, you know, their own perspective and how things that they've gone through has shaped the way they look at things. But I feel like in the space of health and fitness, there are so many people that, you know, deal with being overweight that they don't necessarily want to be overweight. And a lot of people come to or get into health and fitness with goals around looking a certain way. And a lot of times that includes weight loss. So as somebody who has been there in their shoes, I feel like I have a little bit of different perspective to offer and can also connect a little bit more just in the same way that, you know, if you have a coach that has played your sport, you feel like they understand you a little bit more because they've been in those game situations. They've practiced like you've practiced. They've done all the things that they're asking you to do. And I think that when you have somebody that's in that situation, that it just feels a little bit different and you can connect on a little bit different level. Not to say that you're somebody who hasn't been overweight, you can't be helpful to someone who's trying to lose weight. But I think that there is just a little bit different level and you start to understand certain situations and maybe certain emotions and how that person really felt going through that certain thing. For example, like for myself being overweight and little things like how hard it was to find clothes that actually fit well and you know clothes that you felt good in little things like just being super hot all the time and being a big dude who was 300 plus pounds you know just sweating all the time and being hot like I know how annoying that can be and that sort of thing it's just really really annoying and you know you don't really understand that or even think about those things unless you've been in those shoes or been in that situation so just little things like that where you can really understand somebody and, you know, just make that connection in a different way. And I feel like being on, you know, that side of things and being overweight, it's given me a little bit more empathy and understanding when it comes to fitness. Uh, like I said, because I've dealt with a lot of those struggles and I just feel like it's easy for me to be more patient and um, give advice that's more practical because I know what that person is thinking. I know some of the emotions that they're going through. Um, and I know, you know, the struggle. So for that reason, it is helpful for me because that is a lot of the people that I work with is people who are trying to lose weight or lose fat, um, change their appearance, go through transformations. So that is super helpful. And 
On top of that, too, I feel like me personally, whenever I have goals around something, for example, right now I'm, I'm training for a marathon. The first thing I did is I went and followed some people on Instagram, on social media that I knew run marathons and they help people and they give tips and they coach people who run marathons because I like to try to find people who have done the things that I want to do. Just the same thing, like if you, you know, if you're somebody who wants a successful relationship, you're probably going to want to get around people who have a successful relationship. Or if you want to build a business, you know, you probably want to get around people who have been successful in building a business. And then also, hopefully they've been able to help other people or give practical tips and things like that where they can be helpful. Um, Because I think now you have to be very, very cautious about who you follow and who you listen to because you know, with social media, everybody claims that they're an expert or a guru or, you know, they have all the answers. But just a super easy way that I like to get through all the bull out there is just look and see, number one, has that person been able to do provide that result or achieve whatever they're talking about being the expert in? And secondly, can they help other people do that? Because I think there's also people that, you know, maybe they can achieve certain things within themselves, but there's also people who can achieve it within themselves, but then they can also teach and help others to do that as well. And those are the people that I try to follow or try to learn from because I feel like you can get the most value from those people. So, and then uh, right on top of that, like just throwing it out there, um, if anybody ever has any questions, like if you, you know, relate to my story with the weight loss or anything else that I talk about and you ever have questions or need help in any way, uh, please don't hesitate to ask. I feel like that was something that I didn't really do a whole lot early on in my own personal fitness journey is I didn't have anybody to really turn to and ask questions to. And I think I you know, did a lot of dumb things and made some mistakes where if I would have had somebody to you know, kind of turn to and ask questions to, I wouldn't have made as many mistakes and probably would have saved myself some time and energy. So as always, just feel free to reach out at any time if you ever had any questions about that. Question number two, how to avoid getting bored with eating healthy. So number one, I would say realize that most people eat a lot of the same things anyway. Uh, So you probably, if you really looked at it, you know, for a week or two period and you tracked all the things that you eat, you would see that you probably eat a lot of the similar foods and even a lot of the same like similar type meals. Um, So just understand like you're probably eating a lot of that stuff anyway. So just because you're quote unquote eating healthy doesn't mean that, you know, it's going to be a whole lot different than the way that you eat right now, comparatively to the amount of different things that you're eating. But just some practical things that you can do in order to make eating healthy uh, a little bit better is number one, you can prepare food in different ways. For example, let's take like a very popular healthy type food like potatoes or like chicken. You can prepare it in so many different ways. You could air fry it, you know, you could bake it in the oven, you could fry it on the stove with some you know, good oil, you could put it in the crock pot. Um, So again, there's so many different ways that you could prepare those types of foods where you can change it up and it doesn't feel like you're always eating the same things over and over. And then on top of that, another thing that I've learned to do a lot more since I've been cooking more and I meal prep quite a bit is to use different spices and seasonings is a huge thing. So some of my favorite ones that I like to use in I don't use them all together, but I'll do different combinations and you kind of have to play around with them, a little trial and error and figure out different things that you like, different flavors that you like. But your basics like your salt, your pepper, onion salt, garlic salt, seasoning salt, uh, Italian seasoning. You can even get like the multi-purpose seasoning. I use the uh, Mrs. Dash quite a bit, you know, and there's different flavors of that if you don't really want to you know, do your own kind of 
combinations, you can just grab a multi-purpose seasoning and use those. Uh, there's tons of different flavors and that makes it super easy. Also use things like everything. Bagel seasoning is really good on like eggs and toast and different stuff like that. But again, you just use different combinations and figure out, you know, what kind of things that you like. And that way you can change it up so you don't feel like you're always eating the same things over and over just because you're seasoning it in a different way and it tastes a little different. Also just doing things like with different combinations. So typically for myself, I have like four or five proteins that I cycle through, um, such as, you know, chicken, beef. Um, I'll do some seafood, eggs. Then I'll have like four or five veggies that, you know, are my go-tos, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, a couple others in there. And then I'll have like, you know, some fruits that I also go to and that I eat quite a bit. But one thing that you can do is just mix up your different combinations, you know, so you're not always eating the same protein with the same veggie, with the same carb every single meal. So you're not just eating your basic chicken, rice, broccoli, every single meal. You can switch it up, switch up the combinations. And that way, again, it doesn't feel like you're always eating the same exact meal all the time. And then lastly, one more little practical tip is I've talked about it multiple times, but the 80-20 rule where you're eating 80% of your foods are your kind of whole, more unprocessed type foods. Um, and then that 20% is including things that you you know, you want to have like your desserts, your, you know, your drinks, if you want that, your pizzas, your going out to eat, that sort of thing. So within that 20%, that's a great way that you can add in different variety, whether if it's bringing in different kinds of desserts, or whether it's going out to have a meal at a restaurant, or, you know, having some pizza or whatever, that's just a good way that you can mix things up. So you don't feel like you're always eating the same old, boring, bland type meals. But Again, those would be some some practical tips that you can use right away. And again, if you're doing it right, if you're seasoning things up right and preparing them in different ways, using different combinations, like you really shouldn't get tired of eating healthy. Moving on to the next question. Would you change anything about your fitness journey? If so, what and why? Uh, this is a common question you hear from, you know, that people will get quite a bit is like, if you could go back in time, like, would you change anything? And I would have to say no, even though I've spoken on it a little bit and I wasted a lot of time doing some dumb things or tried, you know, dumb diets or dumb training programs or and things like that. But the way that I always looked at it is I always knew that I wanted to be a coach and to help others. And so I knew even if I was doing things that weren't going to help me out all that much, that eventually it would be a way for me to number one learn myself and hopefully not make those same mistakes but learn from that process or from that diet or learn from that you know training program or whatever but then number two i could help other people with not making those same mistakes down the line if it was something that wasn't as helpful or if there was a way that i could help them save a little bit of time do something a little bit more efficiently or go maybe a different route then i knew that would be worth it and then also just thinking about it I always knew as well, like there was going to be certain situations that I went through that other people would be able to connect with. So like, for example, having ACL surgery uh, when I was in college and going through that whole rehab process, the long eight month, you know, recovery and how much that sucked and just really understanding like injuries and how detrimental they can be, not just to your physical health, but also just how much of a struggle they can be to your mental health. Like I knew when I was going through that process that like being a coach that I would deal with people who, you know, had injuries and had to go through that kind of stuff. And like me personally being a football coach, 
I've had players who have gone through ACL surgeries and it just gives me a different level of understanding and also just a way to like connect and empathize with them and also just give them, you know, tips and because I know exactly how they feel. So I've been through those things. And even though they suck at the time, one perspective that has always helped me is just thinking about how that situation, even though it seems kind of crappy at the time, you'll be able to help other people down the line with it. So again, I would say, no, I would not change things. Everything that I went through, I think was beneficial, uh, even though it wasn't always easy and there was a lot of struggles and you know a lot of mistakes along the way. I know that those mistakes have gotten me to this point now and also been able to be of something you know, beneficial, a way that I could help other people and pass on the things that I learned. So I'm thankful for all those things I went through and I would not change those things within my own fitness journey. Uh, next question, how to get my first pull-up? All right, so little context. Uh, when I was 300 pounds, I could not do one single solid quality pull-up. I mean, I could get I could get up there a little bit, but it was not very pretty, and I did not like pull-ups at all, and I never really practiced them, and it was just something that I pretty much just tried to avoid if I could. But fast forward to today, pull-ups are one of my favorite exercises, and I can get close to 20 body weight reps compared to not even being able to get one. Uh, so this is something that I completely understand. And it's a it's a goal that a lot of people have. And I think it's a really good goal to chase. Uh, it's just something cool about being able to you know pull yourself up and handle your own body weight. So certain things that you should do if you are looking to get your first pull-up. Number one, you want to make sure that your grip strength is solid. You want to be able to hold your own body weight because obviously you're going to be hanging from a bar. So number one, if you cannot hold your own body weight up for a certain amount of time, that is where I would start. You got to get comfortable with handling your own body weight. So doing things just like dead holds from a, from a pull-up bar um, or anywhere you can hang really and trying to work up to sets of like 30 to 60 seconds at a time just so that you kind of have that prerequisite strength. Uh, because again, if you can't hold your body weight up, you're not going to be able to do a pull-up. Once you have that, and that's something that you could really do every day, work on just your grip strength and just hanging. And again, trying to work up to at least 30 seconds, um, 60 seconds would be even better. The second thing that I would incorporate would be body rows. And these are nice too, because you can progress from like a higher position. And if you don't know what a body row is, uh, you could do these on like a TRX, or you could do them on rings, or you could even use a barbell, uh, but you'd be in a squat rack. You'd set your pins up, set the bar in there, and then you would kind of angle yourself from the bar. So your feet are down towards the squat rack and you would angle yourself and then you'd be pulling your chest towards the bar. And you can see how moving it up on the squat rack is going to make it easier because your body is going to be more upright and you're not holding as much weight. Moving it down closer to the floor is going to make it harder. And eventually you want to work to where that uh, basically that your chest is parallel to the bar. And once you get that strength, you could even elevate your feet to make it a little bit harder. But body rows is a great progression to add in to work on, you know, again, handling your own body weight and also working on uh, building some of that pulling strength within your back. I would add those in and you could work up to, you know, three to six reps, trying to keep it in that more strength range. Um, and again, once you could do six reps on, let's say, a certain level, I would probably move that down so that you continue to make the progression harder again until you get to a point where you can elevate your feet and you can do six reps there. Then you're 
you know, getting pretty strong within those body rows. And then you can move on to the next progression, which I would add in would be rack pull-ups. So this is not quite a full pull-up, but you would have, you'd be in a squat rack again. You'd have a barbell set up across the squat rack. Um, you'd have a bench, so you'd elevate your feet. You'd grab the barbell. So if you can picture yourself now, you're hanging, you're grabbing the barbell, feet are on a bench, and you'd kind of be in like an L shape. And then basically you're just working on a pull up here. And if that's too difficult, you can even start with your feet on the ground rather than on a bench. That way you can use your legs a little bit, but you're just working on that pull up range of motion, pulling your chest up towards the bar. And again, if you have your feet on the ground, you can use your legs a little bit, but you're just getting used to that pulling motion. Or if you don't want to do those, if you don't want to set those up, another thing you could do is use do assisted pull ups. You can do this on a assisted pull up machine where you can adjust the weight or you could add a band to your pull ups as well in order to do some assisted pull ups. But again, I would work in like three to six rep range, trying to really build that strength. And as you get better and stronger, you can use less weight on the assisted uh, pull up machine or you could use a lighter band on like band pull ups. And then the next one and this one is a really, really good one uh, to use and this will help build a lot of strength is the eccentric reps, which basically all that means is that you would either get on a bench or you would jump up, get your chin above the bar, and then you're going to slowly lower yourself down in like a three to five second count, uh, preferably five seconds if you can. Um, but again, just as slow as you can all the way to the bottom. And then you're going to go ahead, jump back up or step back up on the bench, get your chin above the bar and then slowly lower yourself. And you want to get to a point where you can do this for like five reps at like a five second lower. Um, and then once you have built up that strength, you know, you've worked on the body rows, the assisted pull-ups, the grip strength, you should be pretty dang close to being able to do your uh, first pull-up. And once you can get your first pull-up, I would practice that as often as you could. So I would do them pretty much every time you're in the gym. Um, or even if you have like a, something at home where you can practice your pull-ups, uh, I know they have like pull-ups that you can put up in your pull-up bars you can put up in your doorways. And this is just a method that I heard from a different strength coach. I can't think of his name at the time, but he called it grease in the groove. So you basically just do one rep um, and you do it like multiple times throughout a day. But the more often that you can practice that and get used to it, more comfortable with it, uh, the faster that you're going to get better at those pull-ups. So that is kind of the progression that I would follow if I wanted to get my first pull-up if I was starting all over again. So hopefully that is helpful. Next question. Uh, I use the scale, but often get frustrated with it. Do you have other metrics you use to measure progress? Also, any tips with not letting the scale ruin your day? Uh, so this is one that I definitely understand as somebody who was overweight and who went through you know, a whole weight loss process. I used the scale a lot. And there was days where it was extremely frustrating to step on that scale because you feel like you've done everything right. You feel like, you know, you've been on point with your eating, you've been exercising, you've been really taking care of yourself and doing all the things you want to do. But for whatever reason, you step on the scale from one day to the next and the scale has gone up and you feel like kind of defeated because you're doing all the right things, but you're not seeing the scale drop. And that can be frustrating and that can, you know, ruin your whole day. And then you feel like crap. And then you feel like, you know, you want to quit or maybe you, you know, do some stupid things where don't eat nearly as much because you feel like, you know, you're not doing what you need to do. And it can just be a really, really crappy place to be. So some things to understand first and foremost is when it comes to the scale is that the scale is going to fluctuate. You're never going to weigh the same every single day. 
And for some people that thing can fluctuate as much as like three to five pounds in a day. And even within the same day, like if you measure yourself in the morning and then you measure yourself at night, that scale is probably going to be up like a good three to five pounds. I know me personally, like I could gain anywhere from like five to seven pounds in a single day just from drinking water and eat food and all that stuff. So just understanding that when you're when the scale is moving around, it's not like you're just because the scale went up three pounds overnight. It doesn't mean that you gain three pounds of fat overnight. It's not even logical. And that's just not the way it works. It all has to do with uh, your water intake and like your water fluctuations. So doing things or having things like, you know, salt or carbs, alcohol, um, how much food you're eating, whether or not you have to go to the bathroom, uh, stress, all that stuff can affect how much water that your body is retaining, which in turn will affect what the scale says. So just understand that if that scale is up, that it's not necessarily that you gained a bunch of fat. So that's first and foremost that you under, got to understand that the scale is going to fluctuate. So don't, you know, give too much, don't put too much weight on the scale because it is a metric and it is a tool, but you know, again, it's just data. It's not the end all be all. And there's definitely different ways, you know, that you can measure progress. But if you're somebody who's going to use the scale, just a couple of tips. Number one, try not to get so emotional about it. I kind of think about it like money, you know, it's a tool. Money is a tool, but a lot of times people have these emotions tied to it and then they end up not making the best decisions around money. Same thing with the scale. Like people get so emotional about it and then they feel like they need to make certain decisions based off what that scale says. And maybe they're not the most healthy decisions. And again, you can see how that leads you down a bad path. So again, don't get too emotional with it. If you're going to use a scale, I would say try to do it every single day. Again, because if you're only measuring yourself on the scale, like once every week or, you know, once every couple of weeks. Well, let's say you measure it on one day, you come back a week later and you measure it on that day. Well, if that's, let's say the night before you had a bunch of salt, you had a bunch of carbs and that scale says that your weight went up three pounds over the last week. Well, if you're only measuring it from that one day to a week later on the next day, where you're going to think that everything you did within the last week, even if you were on point, you know, getting all your training workouts in, getting all your steps in, eating in a you know a good way and eating a calorie deficit, even if that scale says that you went up a few pounds, now you're going to think that everything that you did was not worthwhile and what you're doing is not working. But if you're measuring yourself, if you're measuring your body weight every single day, now you can start to get used to those fluctuations. You can get a better look at what your weight actually looks like. And rather than basing it on, you know, just two data points, you have more data points to base it on. And you don't want to look at just the daily fluctuations, but rather look at the weekly trends. So I would measure your weight every single day, take an average of those seven days, average it out. And then over the next seven days, take your body weight again, average those out. And then if you are from week one to week two, if your average is going down from week to week, then you know, you're in a good spot. Um, if it's not, then maybe you need to make some changes and figure out what's going on. But again, you just have a much better, better look at what's actually going on, the more data points that you have. So again, I would, I would encourage you if you are going to use the scale to do it more consistently rather than being so sporadic with it. And as far as other ways that you can measure progress, so maybe you are somebody who doesn't want to use a scale, uh, which is fine. If you don't want to use a scale, that's all right. Like there's other ways that you can measure progress. Some of my favorites are how your clothes fit. So like, again, if you're somebody who's measuring themselves and you're looking to lose fat or lose weight, like how your clothes fit is a great indicator of if what you're doing is working, if your clothes are getting looser, um, not quite as tight, 
it's probably a good sign that you're doing all the good things, you know, and making progress. Because again, the, the scale may fluctuate and you might not see all the numbers be changing a ton. But if your clothes are fitting better, then you're obviously doing some of the right things, you know, losing some fat. Uh, how you look in the mirror is another good one. You know, if you look in the mirror and you feel like, you know, your body's changing and you feel good about where you're seeing, then that's also a good thing. Uh, progress pictures are a really, really good one because you can be very objective about those. Uh, I would take those every two to four weeks and you can just compare, just make sure, take them at the same time of day in the same lighting and the same clothes, try to keep everything consistent. So that way you can be super objective about it and really see where you're making changes. Uh, but again, project progress pictures are really, really good. So I, I always try to encourage people if they are on a weight loss journey or fat loss journey to take those things, because it's also really encouraging too to like look back and see how far you've come, you know, and, you know, from month to month or even like when you get further down the road and you can look back at month one versus like month six or month one versus month 12 and you see those huge changes. It's really, really encouraging and really motivating. Another one that you can use is measurements. So just measuring like your inches around your waistline, chest, stomach, thighs, arms, hips. Those are all good things that you can measure just to see, you know, where you're losing inches. Because if you're gaining muscle, losing body fat, you're going to see some of those inches start to drop off, which is a really good thing. So that's a really good one that you can use. And then probably the most underrated, but one of the most important is how you feel. So if, you know, you're doing all the good things, feeling really good about where you're at. You know, you look in the mirror, you, you feel good about what you see, your energy's good. You feel good in the weight room. Uh, your habits are getting better. You're, you're just feeling overall just more healthy and more vibrant. Like that is really important thing to take note of. And again, that's probably one of the most important things because yes, you might have goals around how you look um, and wanting to look a certain way, but ultimately how you feel is also going to be very important. And it's also going to make a, you know, be a big part of achieving your goals. Because if you're feeling good about what you're doing, you're going to continue to do it. Um, you're going to keep that motivation up. You're going to continue to make progress. And that's just going to help you, you know, continue to be successful on your journey. So again, don't forget to, uh, to think about that one as you are moving through your own fitness journey. Next question, got two left. Since losing weight, what has been the biggest change or changes that you've noticed? So me personally, uh, number one, when I was thinking about this question, I thought confidence was the first thing that popped into my head. More confidence in my appearance, number one, because I look, you know, the way that I want to look, uh, but also confidence just within my mindset and knowing that I'm capable of doing hard things. You know, I'm capable of being disciplined, you know, getting my workouts in, sticking to the meal plan that I set for myself, doing those type of things. I'm you know, I have a better idea and a, a better grasp of what it means to pursue delaying gratification, which again, I think is a very important skill to have just within the course of life. You don't always get things right away. And it's often important to be able to put in the work and not see that, see the results right away. So to be able to delay that gratification is a really big thing. So a lot of those like kind of character type traits that I gained through my weight loss journey, I feel have made a big impact also in other parts of my life. Um, so I'm super, super grateful for those things. And those are changes that I've noticed probably the most. On top of that, I would say mindset, like my mindset around exercise and food has changed a lot. Uh, I really enjoy moving my body. I always was into sports and moving and, you know, being active and that stuff. But like, I really, really enjoy and I appreciate all the things that my body can do, you know, running and biking and lifting heavy weights and being able to go on a hike with friends if I want to do that. Like all that stuff, I really, really enjoy that. 
also just around eating, I feel like my mindset has changed quite a bit and I don't feel like food is like the enemy and I don't feel like I struggle nearly as much with food and food choices and overeating and like all that kind of stuff, which took a while and it was definitely a process, but it was well worth it. And I feel like I still have moments where I struggle with certain things um, and it's not like I, I don't ever have things that pop up for me. But I feel like I'm in a much better place, and I think it's something that's going to be super beneficial for me as I continue to move through my own journey and you know get older, and I'm just in a much better place than I was before I started this. So that would be a huge one. And then obviously physically, like losing 100 pounds makes a really big difference on just how you feel. Like from an energy standpoint, uh, my joints feel a lot better. I always had some issues with my knees and like knee pain and stuff like that. And I don't have that nearly as much. I can do things that, you know, I never really thought I could, would be able to do, you know, like single leg squat pull-ups, as I mentioned, I'm training for a marathon, as I mentioned as well, like running without feeling absolutely miserable. I can breathe better. I sleep better. Obviously my appearance is a lot different. And, you know, I've talked about this before, but when I look in the mirror, you know, I'm proud of what I see because I've invested a lot of time in to make that, you know, the body that I have. And it's just something that um, has meant a lot because again, I, I invested a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of effort into it. Um, so it's just one of those things where like, you know, your body is, you only get one of them and you carry it around with you wherever you go. Um, so to me, it's something that I feel like you should take pride in and it's something that you see every day. And when you look in the mirror, when you look at yourself, like you should be proud of, you know, what you what you've done and the investments that you've made. And that's personally how I feel when I look in the mirror. Um, so that's that's really cool. And it's something that, you know, I didn't really have earlier when I was overweight and not really taking care of my health and prioritizing uh, my health and, you know, eating right and all that stuff. So being to a point now where I am proud of, you know, the body that I've built and how I feel has been really, really cool. And then lastly, I would say, you know, I've talked about this again on other podcasts as well, but it's fitness and the whole weight loss journey has, again, made the biggest impact on me in my entire life, more so than anything else I've ever done or gone through. Um, and so going through this journey, again, has made me, you know, even more passionate about it for myself, but then also wanting to share this with other people who, you know, may be chasing goals and wanting to feel a certain way and look a certain way. Um, just because I know how much of a of a difference it's made for me. And I want to share that with as many people who want to make those changes for themselves. Um, again, I know not everybody's looking for those changes or maybe not everybody's after weight loss or, you know, after, you know, building a bunch of muscle or whatever. But like most people have their own certain goals. They have, you know, a way that they want to look. They have a way that they want to feel. And fitness is a great tool to get you to those places. So um, if I can share my knowledge and my experience and my stories with people to help them get to, you know, to a place where I feel like I do now versus where I was, then I want to do that, um, you know, as, as many times as I can and help as many people as I can. So that is um, what I have to say about that one. Um, again, a lot of changes, but those are just some of the highlights that I thought about when thinking about that question. Uh, last question of the day. Uh, I think this is one that I think a lot of people will get some value out of because it's one of the reasons that I feel so many people struggle with, you know, consistency and not seeing the progress they want. And it's what's something that you do to get back on track after a day or even multiple days off. 
So number one, when thinking about this question, I had to think about it from more of like a mindset um, perspective. And again, I, I talk about this all the time and it's because I believe in it so much. And, and that's the 80-20 rule. And so number one, just being OK with having off days. A lot of times when people get into fitness, they think that like every single day has to be like balls to the wall, like pedal to the metal. Like I need to work out every single day. I need to be 100 percent on with my diet, with healthy choices, with eating the right things, with never taking a day off like. And that's not really the truth. Like, again, this is called the Fit Ish podcast. And for most average people like me and you, like, you should be taking days off. And honestly, I feel like if you do take those days off, you're going to see better progress. You're going to have better relationships with exercise and with food. And I think you will honestly just enjoy health and fitness and, you know, the process a lot more than if you're trying to always be so strict and, you know, never taking days off. And also right along with that, you know, with being 80% of the time, like I'm on my stuff, you know, I'm getting those healthy meals, I'm eating the fruits, the veggies, the proteins, you know, I'm getting my water in, I'm hitting my workouts. Like, so when things do pop up where maybe even, you know, I don't plan for a situation that, you know, pops up, like a friend calls me and they're like, hey, let's go out to dinner or hey, let's go grab a couple beers or whatever. Like, and I didn't necessarily plan that in my week. Like, I'm perfectly okay with doing that because I know most of the time I'm doing all the things that I need to do. Um, and I know that I can go and have a little fun or eat outside of that quote unquote healthy style or healthy eating um, and be just okay and still be able to hit my goals. So just being consistent most of the time and having those good habits in place where it just typically that's your lifestyle of eating healthy and getting your workouts in and getting good sleep and just all those good habits. When you have those in place and you're doing those a majority of the time, then it makes those times when you're not doing those things that much easier to just go ahead and do and actually enjoy those things. So it's not about what you do like a small percentage of the time. It's what you do most of the time, right? So if you're doing those things, you're going to be in an okay spot. You're still going to be able to hit your goals and also enjoy those things when they do come up. But let's talk about it more from like a practical standpoint now. So let's say, um, you know, I went on vacation, which, you know, this happened multiple times last year where like I went on vacation, ate a bunch, had some drinks, didn't really exercise like I normally would kind of get out of routine a little bit, you know, not getting all my, you know, not getting my 10,000 steps in, maybe not drinking as much water as I normally would. Sleeping habits probably aren't the best on vacation. So you kind of just get out of routine a little bit. But one thing that always helps me get back on track is number one, knowing how my body is going to feel once I'm back in that routine, uh, moving my body, filling it with, you know, nutritious foods, getting enough sleep, hydrating, getting my steps in. I know all those things are going to make me feel better versus when I don't do those things. And I become very conscious of how I feel when I do do those things versus when I don't. And there is for sure a difference both mentally and physically when I am doing practicing those healthy habits versus when I'm not. So that's one thing that helps me get back in the routine is I'm actually looking forward to it because I know of the way it's going to make me feel. So that's number one. And then number two, I would say when getting back on track is I like to think about starting with small wins. And for me, this typically means starting the night before by getting a good night's sleep. Number one, like if you're not getting a good night's sleep and you're trying to get back in the routine, let's say you're coming off vacation, sleep schedule is a little jacked up and you know you, you want to get back on track, get your workouts in, make healthy decisions, all that stuff. Well, it's going to start with a good night of sleep because when you're not getting enough sleep, uh, that, that can just mess up so many different things. It makes making healthy choices harder. 
uh, you're typically going to be eating more calories. You're maybe not going to make the decisions. If you're not getting good sleep, you're probably not going to have as great an energy. You're going to be less likely to work out. So again, it starts the night before by getting a solid night's sleep. And then number two, I really like to plan things out. So I'll plan my workout for the next day. Um, and then also try to plan out my meals roughly. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm you know, meal prepping every single night, but I at least have an idea of what I'm going to have for breakfast, lunch, dinner, some snacks, all that good stuff. And then follow that up with the next morning. I like to kind of stack some wins on top of that. So like when I wake up, one thing that I always do is I chug water just because it gets me started off on the right track. I'll usually chug like about 32 ounces of water right off the bat, just because it's a healthy behavior that gets me started on the right track. Like I said, you know, it's an easy win. It's something I can do super quick, but like it sets the tone for the day. You know, I'm making healthy choices. I'm going to think about those choices that I'm making throughout the day. On top of that, I'll try to do some type of movement in the morning. Uh, a lot of mornings I'll work out, uh, whether it's cardio or like a strength workout. But even on days where I don't do that stuff, like if I'm not getting a workout in, I'll try to move my body in some form or fashion, whether it's a little bit of stretching, five, 10 minutes, a little bit of yoga. Some days, like on the weekends, if I have time, you know, I'll, I'll go out and start my day with a walk, but just some type of movement to kind of get your body moving. And to me, this just signals like chugging water and moving my body a little bit. It's just signaling that, you know, I'm making health a priority right from the jump. You stack those small wins. And then from there, you can just build on those throughout the day. So it starts you off, starts you off with a little momentum, feel good about your morning. And then again, I think you're more likely to make better choices throughout the day and you can continue to just stack those small wins. So those are the two things that really helped me when getting back on track. But again, just realizing that it's normal and I think it's necessary to take days off and for people to fall off track a little bit every once in a while. You're human. You want to enjoy those things that life has to offer. And that means sometimes that you might miss a workout here or there. You might get off your normal eating schedule or eating plan. And that's perfectly all right. So again, those are the two things that I try to focus on when it comes to, you know, when I fall off track or when I get out of routine a little bit, just starting with small wins and then uh, just making sure that I, I really understand that, you know, this is going to be something that's going to benefit me. I'm going to feel better once I do it, even though sometimes it's a little hard to get started, get back in routine. Um, it is going to benefit me. So uh, that helps me to get back in routine and get back in a place where I'm feeling good and things are rolling. So Hopefully this was helpful. Uh, again, if you have questions or anything for future episodes, I would love that. I'm sure I'll do another one of these Q&As at some point. So you can always send those to me. Or if you have any other questions in regards to like your own you know, fitness journey or personal questions that you might have, you can always uh, shoot those to me and I can, I can get back to you with those. But uh, hopefully you were able to gain a, you know, a tip or two, a little nugget here or there that you can help and implement uh, into your lifestyle, into your healthy habits. Uh, into your fitness journey. And uh, that is all I have for you today. Uh, we will talk to you guys next time.